Hello, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, Mark. Yeah, welcome back, Alan. You were, you were gone last episode. Yeah, you know, take a little break so often. Uh, we always like to get in um, other people, other developers that are out there, mm-hmm. get a nice, diverse set of views and opinions and perspectives. Yeah, so you've done that before. Um, you know, and you've, you've done that you've before had- as well. Yeah, you've had, you've had uh, people in to, to fill my spot, so it was just uh, good to um, give you a little break too. Um, and really appreciate Darian for for you know, taking some time. Just had a lot of interesting things to talk about with uh, devices. He's definitely a, a lot more into the maker stuff, and just really impressive with this the stuff that he's uh, been able to do and is continuing to do. Very cool. Yeah, no, it's great episode. You know, it was interesting. You know, you talked a little bit about the the hardware and the the new stuff that Amazon is uh, has announced and is releasing and is coming out. And we'll we'll probably have a similar episode talking about the new stuff that Google is releasing as well. But you know, it it kind of uh, I have some thoughts of my own on some of these. So I thought maybe we'd uh, we'd kind of continue the conversation this week. What do you think? Yeah, let, let's yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the the devices. Kind of what we found interesting, and you know where we think there's a developer angle. We can talk about that too. That sounds good. Yeah. No, I you know, and it's a, it's interesting. A lot of times when we see these hardware announcements, you know, we we wonder what's what's the developer angle on this going to be, or is there going to be a developer angle at all? Yeah. And one of one of the great things that I think Amazon has done to its credit has been. Um, always making you know pretty clear afterwards and very shortly afterwards exactly what the developer angle for it is going to be, what the developer approaches will be. And this was a case where you know just a, I think it was two days later, uh, Jeff Blankenberg came on with a, a couple of the program managers yep. for it and talked about what the developer story was going to be for, in particular, the Echo Show 15. Yeah, so uh, so the two aspects of the Echo Show 15. Uh, uh, for those who haven't you know, seen the event, but Echo Show 15 is like a family information hub. You can think about it, you know, in one way, it's a it's a giant frame that hangs on the wall, uh, 15 plus inches diagonal. Um, you can you know uh, have a portrait or landscape, and uh, you know just like um, all the other Echo Show devices, then. Uh, you create screens for it with the Alexa presentation language or APL. Um, and even um, out now is, uh, are those new screens uh, sizes, they're called viewports. Um, so there is a new viewport for horizontal and for, um, for the vertical layouts. Um, and you can start coding today and seeing with the developer tools, uh, either the ones built into um, the Alexa developer console or in APL Ninja, you can go ahead and see what that, uh, those new sizes are and what your uh, APL is going to look like on those new new screen sizes. No, no, that'll just be for full size skills, right? I mean, that's yeah. the, the layout they've they presented it, and that that's interesting. You know, that's interesting, and it's important to make sure that your existing skills poured over to it. Right. But honestly, I didn't think that was a really interesting part about the fifteen. And you know, you're you're nodding knowingly because you you heard me say this before. The interesting bit are the widgets, really. Yes. Um, you know, it, it really the widgets become the great way that you can present that ambi- you know, that ambient information all the time and have it out there if people want it out there. Um, you know, so you'll be able to see things like, you know, what at a glance, what's happening today on your calendar? 
or you know, at a, an at a glance reminder that you know where the kids are for their after school programs today and what time they need to exactly. be picked up, or you know, those sorts of things. Um, and that's just really, really powerful, a really powerful tool. Yeah, so I, I, I agree, and and so what I'm you know gathering from that are you know that we're going to talk about today are from screenshots that I've seen. Um, I've, I've gone went through every place that I could find a screenshot of an Echo Show 15, and and was you know trying to look at that. Plus, there was actually you know some behind the scenes. You know, what does it look like to create a widget uh, complete with some screenshots that had. Um, you know, APL code. And so I was, I, I was definitely watching, you know, he was, he was showing stuff over here on what it was going to look like. And I was looking over in the code uh, screen, trying to figure out what was new and available uh, uh, for that. So, so uh, there are, uh, is a new uh, viewport for widget and it's called a medium widget, which would hint out that there could be other size of widgets in the future. <laughs> a large and a small widget. <laughs> so uh, yeah, go ahead. So, so this is an additional viewport configuration. So you can create APL layouts for that now. That's available. You can, and in fact, um, it's there's there's updated uh, import files um, that that have that information in it, and and actually um, the team from Amazon that you know Arun was has, was nice enough to pass that information off to Alexander and and APL Ninja. So you could go into APL Ninja right now. In fact. Um, I created a, a sample project in APL Ninja where you could go in and see what the different uh, viewport sizes are for, uh, because the, the, the sizes will change based on which hub is showing the widget. Um, because you okay. can, Echo Show 15, uh, the widgets up to six can be on the screen um, all the time. On other Echo Show devices, there'll be a pullout um, sidebar that will include widgets. I'm not sure how many widgets you can have on a on an Echo Show, um, but so there are some size differences based on which hub is showing the medium widget. Interesting, and, yes. and I'll get to some thoughts about that in a, in a little bit. So, but let's keep talking about the the widgets and the widget sizes for now. Okay, yeah. So what it seems like to me is that there's always a portion of the Echo Show 15 that is is visible just like a um, like an Echo Show, other Echo Show screen. It shows the time, it shows the weather, you can control that in settings. It could show a you know, slideshow of photos. So it seems like there's always a portion of the, the Echo Show 15 that is like a standard Echo screen. And then there's this, the portion and, of the screen that are the widgets. And that part was what they were calling the dynamic display part. Did I? Is that the terminology? It was something yeah, like I'm trying that. to remember. It was the, yeah. Oh, I should have written that down. But yeah, it's, it, it was, it was, <laughs> they were talking about the fact that it could be, you know, uh, flexible in some aspect. And I don't think they used the word flexible, but yeah, it might've been dynamic. It might've been um, the content. There was like the, the content area, something. Um, but yeah, that is the main part. You don't really have any, uh, control over that other than in this setting. So it seems like it's still going to be cycling through. If you want to see hints or news or you know other things, you can control that uh, to a certain uh, extent in the settings for the device. And and that and I find that's one of the things I found to be an odd choice about how they mm -hmm. did that. Because in my mind, well that's just a widget. And if it's just a widget, 
maybe it's a widget that you know is mandatorily there, but it's just a yeah, widget maybe. that you know. So why does you know why make it two different things? Because then on the the Echo Show Ten and the, the smaller screens, you have to do that slide out thing. And in some cases, well, I I don't care about this the the dynamic content. I want the dynamic widgets to be there. Yeah, that was an odd choice. I thought. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have some ideas of why that might be, um, because um, there are some sometimes where it's going through the on my Echo shows where it's kind of like a three quarters, one quarter portion off, and in that one quarter, it's showing a a recent skill that I've used, kind of to remind me that it's there. Um, they've talked about at the the um, the Alexa event that we had. Uh, probably, a, a, I guess, a couple of months ago, maybe, that there are some, you know, like featured skills that show up. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they're reserving that as, I'm not going to go as far and say as an advertising space, but I guess <laughs> a potential advertising space I, that's I, always there. I think it's no secret that that's going to be an advertising space. Yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen or like exactly in what... Uh, um, you know, aspect that's going to be, but they they did hint at some of that stuff with the Alexa Live, that there are things that that can show up on your screen, and it's it has to do with you know discoverability or um, you know retention or engagement. Um, so I, I think they're wanting to reserve that spot to always be there. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that evolves, and if if over time part of your um, you know, configuration of your Echo show would be that you want the whole screen to be widgets as opposed to um, the portion. So, you know, may, you know, you might be able yeah. to have 12 widgets on a screen at a, at a time. I don't know. We'll see. But it, but it also hints at what a large size widget might be sized like. That's true. And, 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 and so I wonder also, like, if, if what we have is a medium widget, I'm assuming a small widget would be the same width, but half the height. So you could fit two small widgets in a- In a medium width? That in makes a medium. Sense. And maybe you can fit um, two width-wise of a medium and a large. I, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> speculating at this yeah. point. <laughs> no, but, Olga, so is it possible to, so, so we know that it's possible to lay out widgets now. Is it possible to build widgets yet? Um, you can start to build them because most of what you know for APL is what you're going to need for widgets. So you could, you know, you can build them. You can, you know, provide data um, like you would a normal, um, uh, I guess, APL uh, screen. But what's going to change is the data portion. So this is my understanding: is that widgets actually live on the device and in order to show data, then the data for that widget is going to have to show on the device as well. And how does the data get refreshed? So that, that is the secret. They had, they, there were some screenshots that talked about a data store. Um, and I think some questions that, that, that basically, uh, it seemed like when you add a widget, then you could pull down some data and then there's some sort of an API that you could push data updates hmm. to the device, but it, I'm, I'm trying to think about how that's going to be very challenging for developers because there's going to 
probably need to be some sort of a back-end process that I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just speculating at this point, but that maybe when you add a widget, you get an event that then you can register some in some backend saying this is a widget that, uh, you know, that's, that, that, you know, is being, you know, being shown. And I'm assuming when you make it go away that it will, it will get to some other one so you can deregister it. So there's like some database that's keeping track of all the widgets that people have put on their screens. And maybe with, along with their, you know, user ID um, that would go along with the skill because widgets always have to be deployed as part of a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm, then there would have to be some backend logic. If something happens uh, in the backend or uh, like in a game, I don't know exactly uh, what, then you would have to go through all the widgets and push down new data. And I'm assuming also that you probably don't have a lot of data that you can push down. I think each widget would probably have very minimal amount of data that, uh, well, also minimal data that it needs in most, I mean, cause yeah. you're not going to be displaying more than, then it'll fit in a, in a tiny area. So yeah, but you could also have like that widget be kind of like a slideshow. Like if you, let's say, oh, say it was true. a weather, yeah. you could have it be the, the day's weather and then like the next hour, then like precipitation, then like pollution. I don't know. You could have. No, that's a good be, point. Because I mean, they talked about building, uh, you know, a, a photo slideshow widget yeah. type widget. That makes sense. So, so somehow, so, so that implies two things, mm-hmm. right? One is that it, it can dynamically pull data down or be pushed a notification about data. Yeah. And two, that it has some internal coding logic that it can do so that it knows, you know, to show this for 15 seconds and then either, and then either show different data or request different data and go to the next screen. Yeah. So there are some events that you already have as part of an APL document, like, um, like an on mount, um, and there's also like part of animations, you can kick off, like you can wait for an on mount and then have that start a animation and the animation can have a delay time and then a, um, um, you know, kind of an animation time. And then you could put that in like a parallel. So then when that finishes, then you maybe like can kick it back off again or so there are, it, it is a little bit weird because it's, it's definitely not JavaScript that you're writing inside of APL. You will go it, to the... We, <laughs> I'm really not ready to have my mind blow up again on this. <laughs> so yeah, it's some conditionals and some events so that you can kind of, I don't know, it's, it, it will be interesting. And, and you know, what's also not exactly clear to me is, you know, is, is having a widget on the screen just good enough? Does it have to do something? When you tap the widget, can it expand? Well, that's an interesting point. Take up a half of a screen and show you like if it was a photo. And it's like some slideshow, you're like, oh, I really like that that photo. You can tap on it and it expands to the full widget area. Uh, maybe, I don't know. And then or does it, start a, does it start a skill? And so then I, the whole screen would turn, out, turn into as the skill. I'll be honest. I had assumed that tapping on the widget would activate the skill, but that was an assumption. Either that was an assumption or I got it mixed up with, with Google widgets. Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't really know the the answer to that. Interesting. Um, okay, I hadn't thought about that. Or I, I like I said, I hadn't thought that it might do something different. Yeah. So <laughs> this is all like 
you know, I've, I've seen like him playing around with a, uh, I don't know, with a shopping list or maybe it was a, oh, as a calendar. I think he was showing his calendar and he could scroll up and down on that. So I'm like, okay, so that's interactive and it's still keeping the widget in the area of the widget, but hmm. what else could you do? I don't, I don't, so I was, you know, just kind of having a thought exercise where maybe you can somehow make it bigger or somehow you could kick off the skill. I don't know for sure. So, so that, you know, so I, I think that, again, goes back to the question, can you build them today? Can you build a widget today? So, so probably, I think the, the answer is that no, you can't build a widget today, or yes, a very small number of people <laughs> can build widgets today. Um, but can you start preparing, thing, you know, creating widgets? Yes, you can start today. So you can create the UI and figure out what's going to be in your widget or like how many, you know, what skills that you have should surface widgets, um, if they should surface one or more widgets. And you can start doing, thinking through that exercise and you can see how much space you have constrained to put data into a widget. Um, and you can start designing the canvas of the widget. Um, and you can even start playing with data by, by just using the regular data uh, template template binding that they have, knowing that you're going to have to change it out to this thing called the data store. Oh, well, I mean, it almost sounds like you're not going to really have to change much. It just means adding the data store component that will be able to dynamically update it in some way. Yeah, and then all the bindings automatically get reflected. I mean, that's yeah, nice I, I don't, I don't think that there'd be anything different or special about the bindings. They're pretty. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty full featured, I would think. Um, so. so, so I think that leads to the other thing that that I got from Jeff's presentation that made me kind of a little suspicious. Um, there's going to be a widget directory of some yep. sort, separate from separate from the skill directory. Yeah. So my understanding is that the widget gallery lives on the device. So you can you know, swipe off and click on widget gallery or, or something and, and see a list of widgets. And, and then I, from there, touch on it. It would look like it was a long touch and it adds it. And, and yeah. In the demonstration, it didn't quite work. So there's still some bugs to be fixed to, to finish yeah. this out. Um, how does that scale? Because my understanding <laughs> is that there is no filtering or sorting. Right, in I mean, version one, and you don't even have to have the skill installed in order to see the widgets that are available. So, you know, a hundred thousand, you know, so that I think they're going to have to like slowly bring developers into this and kind of test it at, at different stages. So there's definitely going to be some early, early winners in this space just because they have access and others don't. Um, this very much seems like it's going to be a race to get the first widgets out there because that's going to give you the land. Yeah. Or, um, you know, when it comes your time, if you can do something better, that's still going to be, you know, because I think they're still going, I, 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 once again, my guess is that there, these Echo Show 15s are going to be available for Christmas, you know, Hanukkah, the holiday season, right? And there's going to be a big push. They might be a really good seller, you know, this this year. But they're they're going to still over the next year or, or two they're going to you know expand out and more and more people potentially you know hopefully right will yeah. will start buying them so 
You know, kind of what the, the skill directly, directory reminds me of is um, something new that's kind of sort of been announced, and that's known as the Actions Launcher. And this is something that's available just on smart displays. And it either does or it's only available on some smart displays right now. But what it appears to do is show kind of a list of your most used actions. And then you can get a full list of all of the actions that are available at that time. And right now, these are mostly first party actions. In fact, I think they're all first party actions. Um, you know, so it's things like uh, YouTube. I think this, you know, Spotify audio is available on some of them. Um, but these are things that you can and swipe up and get the list of actions that you can launch by touching them. And it's not quite the same as a widget, but I can kind of see that it might evolve into that sort of thing. And the listeners, and so it's um, it's it's it would be kind of equivalent to like the skill directory, but you can you can get it on your smart display? Well, it, it's more like a list. It, the, I think the rough equivalent would be a list of installed skills already. Okay. But there's no concept of installing an action right now. So there's, there's a little confusion about what exactly this is and how you get onto the list of things that are included in the action launcher. Um, but it's, it's kind of more like what you would see on a, on a tablet or a phone of your, your apps that you have installed. Okay. Yeah, no, that's something I've been asking for because you can ask on your, your you know, smart display, uh, your Echo Show, you know, show me some skills and it will go through and suggest skills for you. But what I would really like to see is like, what is the list of the skills that I've installed in the, you know, I guess in various orders, um, alphabetical or by most recently used. So I could maybe not exactly remember what, it was called, but get back to it quickly and then launch it. Yeah, but I could easily see, you know, widgets taking on some of that role. So the, you know, the skills that you most use, you can assign, you know, you can turn its widget on or whatever and put that, or you could put that widget on the screen. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that'll give you a reminder or an easy way to access a skill that you already have. We think, you know, depending on how. Yeah. How so the, the, it could the, be just a list of like the, the, the 20 most recently used or you know, or most recent or most used skills that you could then just tap the widget to launch maybe well, that would be an interesting first thing. well we only have six widgets 12 widgets on the screen it's, uh, I think yeah six widgets total I think you get yeah so and if each one takes up if each skill would be one widget since it's the I don't know we'll have to say oh, that's a good idea yeah well I'll have to keep an eye out for that it'll be very interesting to see how Google's approach to widgets, which are starting on the phone, and Amazon's approach to widgets, which are starting on the smart display on the 15. Yeah. How, you know, exactly what path they both take and, and how they're going to be similar and how they're going to be very divergent. Because Google's approach is, is interesting in its own ways. Google yeah. is very much tying widgets to the widget feature in Android. And smart displays don't run Android. So I'm... I'm not sure where all of that is going. I'm yeah, so very good, confused about where all a, of that is going. A, a good question that Darian asked me uh, last week was, um, you know, wh wh how do widgets live in a voice-first world? Is it is are are they given up on voice-first? Um, and you know, I, and I still think, and I still, I guess, I still believe 
that um, that a skill needs to, or an action, or you know, voice app needs to be able to be strong on its own with just the voice experience, and that the screen can add additional information, uh, even different information, um, kind of expand what you have available in a voice-only experience, and you know, plus then you get the you know reminding that that it exists. Um, so yeah. the retention and the, you know, um, you know, kind of the reminder of, of daily use and, and also in this case, discoverability via the, the widget gallery, uh, where you, you like, Oh, this looks interesting. I wonder what XYZ widget is. And they, you know, tie it and like, Hey, I like that. And then you, you get into this, you know, the skill that way. And it'll be interesting if you start getting information like, Oh, this skill was launched from, um, from a widget, um, or this skill was launched from. Right, well, you know, I, once again, I assume it'll be a different. I assume yeah. it'll be a different invocation. You know, the same way that you can can now see how things are invoked if they're invoked via, um, you know, a quick link, or yeah. if they're invoked. You know, we, we've got these different invocation methods at your disposal for a skill. Um, but I think that also starts bringing up some stuff that that your colleague at Rain. Uh, talked about on voice talks a couple of weeks back yep. and how, you know, in questioning, okay, we, how do we make things that are still voice forward, um, but take advantage of the multimodal opportunities where it's, it's most appropriate. Right. And I, I think it's a good question. And I think, you know, you're, you're, you guys are clearly thinking about that. And I think you're, I think the approach makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I can still see, um, you know, just because you have a widget on, on your display, you might glance and see it on your way out the door, which would remind you to talk to your voice assistant in your car or on your phone or something. You know, it might be a visual cue for you to, to invoke your, your skill in a different setting that might be uh, voice only. Yeah. Or carry on the con or, or invoke it by touch, but then carry on a conversation if that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's that's the Echo Show 15 and widgets. There was another feature of the 15 though that I found interesting, and I'm curious to see how it plays out for developers as well. And that's the fac facial recognition feature. Yes. No. That's that's a good call out. So existing today is the ability to create a voice profile, so I could walk up to a device, just you know, smart display or smart speaker and talk to it and it will recognize who I am um, compared to somebody else in the household. And so it can behave differently or it can have data stored that's just my data. So that you know, starts to think about, well, when you walk up to this, um, the Echo Show 15, there's also now a camera that will have, I guess, similarly a visual ID that will go along with you. And you could change the widgets um, on that screen and, and potentially maybe even which widgets are on the screen per person. And so you walk up and you're like, oh, this is my you know, weight tracker, step <laughs> tracker information. Well, this is my calendar, my song, you know, my, my playlist. One of the things I could easily see is that the reminders are different when I show up in into a room versus when my kids walk into the room. Um, right. One of the things I'm kind of curious about, though, is uh, from the developer perspective, 
is, does this mean that if I've invoked a skill and I walk away, what happens? Because we, we know currently the, um, the identification portion only works at the initial invocation. It only works at the, you know, when, when, you, when you start the skill. Does this now mean that it could reauthenticate the person in front of the screen every turn? And if for whatever reason I've left the room and somebody else has walked in, it can now say, this is a different person. I'm stopping the skill because that's a security issue. Yeah, I think there are definitely going to be questions like that in the in the future. <clears throat> you know, not not today on the Alexa, um, but on other platforms that I've looked at, one of the cues to... Um, I guess context to to voice apps is the person that's talking. So maybe you don't even have a voice profile, but the camera knows that you're the one that's talking. So there might be two or three people mm. in the frame um, that it knows to treat you differently than somebody else. Um, I, you know, I don't. I don't think we're there yet you know, with with you know the Alexa and Google Assistant and stuff. But that could be something that this is paving the way for. That's a, that's a really interesting contextual point. I had one other question about kind of what this leads into. So one of the features that um, Google introduced on the developer side, I guess about a year ago now, maybe a little more even, was this notion that we have um, we have sessions, we have user storage, we have session storage. They also introduced something called home storage. So all the devices on a network and anybody that uses a you know that's authorized to use one of the devices on the network has access to this home storage. So this lets you create things like um, post-it notes that everyone in the household has access to. Right. That like would be ideal for widgets on the 15. Yeah, no, I, I Is there agree. a notion of a home storage so that, you know, you and everyone else in your household is sharing a calendar or is share, you know, Basically, it's a shared calendar, you know, a shared calendar or other shared or a shared shopping list. So, you know, you might have your calendar and a family calendar. And when you walk up, you want it merged or your to do's and a family to do, you know, or the same thing with post-its, post-it notes for you, post-it notes for the family. So, yeah, I, I see that that's um, something that that's needed. Um, but like today, when you create a Alexa skill, you get a user ID and you can store information with that user ID. But in reality, the user is is kind of more like that family account. It's anybody oh, that uses right. it, regardless of voice profile. So it started out as user being basically whoever is talking is the user. So, I, uh, but you do also have the ability if, if people have a person ID, you know, they've personalized it with the voice ID, then you get that as well. So, yeah, I think, I think the data is there or the, the identifiers are there today that you could store information per person and per family or like per account, really, per account. which yeah. I think is, is, is very similar to, to what you're talking about. Yeah. So you would get both the account profile as well as the voice profile ID. Yes. Okay. And that would 
and that would serve the purpose fine, as long as the same account set up all of the devices. But that's a that's a safe assumption. Yeah, and that's uh, I, that's really the way that they do it. You you have an account that your devices are associated with, so you know. But you could. I think I haven't really done this, but I think you could log into the Alexa app as different users and still have that. You know, I don't know. I, it's, because okay. you can do account linking per person as well. There are some complexities to it, and I don't think I've I've delved into it. And I don't know that a lot of skills have gone to the to the effort of of keeping track. Um, you know, plus you have to do if like they didn't recognize you. Uh, in, a, in any particular turn of conversation, then that person ID wouldn't exist. So then what happens? Do they get default information that's at the account level? Um, yeah. So it's definitely more complexity for us developers to try to figure out what to do in that. Okay. So we talked about the show 15 in which it's a lot. Mm -hmm. There were some other announcements. Um, most of the announcements were not Alexa or developer related really? Yeah, I would say that, that that's true. There were um, you know, things like uh, you know, cameras, doorbell cameras and, and uh, the security drone. Um, again, I think they announced that last year. Now yeah, that was, that was last year's to... surprise. But this year's surprise was really a surprise. I don't think anyone guessed this one. Yeah, are you, are you talking about Astro? Uh, we're talking about as true. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the robot. Yeah, that was interesting. So uh, I don't know. It's it's. I think it did what it was supposed to do, which was you know turn some heads and get some conversation going, and and in some cases it's it's cute. It's 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 definitely got a um, you know cute side of the robot you know it's more uh i don't know r2d2 cute versus dalek scary right <laughs> so a lot of people i i saw um related it to wally -E, which i'm not sure is an apt comparison but it's, it's yeah. not that far off yeah um, no i think it might even be closer to wally -E than r2d2 yeah the, the interesting note about it, though, is that it is an Alexa device so that the screen that's on it runs skills and has, you know, APL profiles associated with it and all of the other fun stuff. So developers will sort of kind of be able to develop for it anyway. Well, yeah, I don't know if they can specify or develop for anything special other than you know, just this, that their existing skills run on it. And as long as the viewport looks nice. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> I, I could easily see the, the, um, the choreo extensions being applied to the robot. That would be really interesting. True. That would be interesting. Also, I would think it would be interesting. Um, you know, they've got on the screen when the robots, I guess, in robot mode, as opposed to skill mode um, has two circles for eyes and they're kind of expressive and, um, uh, could you create themes for those like, like different faces I'm as a, a developer? facial widgets yes um, so, and, and maybe a, along with sounds you know like you can you can replace on your you know Windows PC all the different sounds when different things happen I wonder if you could do like a, 
a theme pack and uh, change out all the uh, you know all the different tones and sounds it makes, plus the face um, on it, and give different personalities. Interesting. So, so yeah, it was interesting. Not a lot of info there. It sounds like though. Yeah, not really. Yeah, the 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 big thing was you know you can do widgets and how this is how you do widgets, or as, as much as we can tell you today. Um, nothing really on the developer side as far as can you have a skill that tells the <laughs> you know, tell, yeah tells the astro to to move or do do a little dance or you know add an accessory for a tail and wag its tail or <laughs> I don't you know I don't know all sorts of possibilities but doesn't yeah. seem like anything yet not enough information to do anything so the other device that. Well, I don't know. What, what's your opinion on the Amazon Glow, not to be confused with the Echo Glow? Yes. So the Amazon Glow looks kind of like a periscope, uh, has a camera and a display built in, and does projection onto your tabletop. Ah, not, not exactly. It does oh. projection. Well, so, so according to what I've read, okay. I don't know that I'm wrong, but according to what I've read, it also comes with a mat. Oh, it and it does, does the projection onto, onto the mat. Onto a smart mat, maybe. Yes. Okay, that would make more sense because they were talking about like tenograms and stuff. And I was like, well, how are they going to detect where these different things are? I guess they could do it with a, a camera overlaid, but I don't know. It'll, yeah, that, that I, seems interesting. Every, yeah, everyone seemed to be suggesting that it was a camera overlay, but what I was reading is that it comes with a, a touch sensitive mat. And that's what it seems like. That's what we'll be getting all of the input. Okay. So it seems like an interesting device, definitely aimed at kids, yep. which is an interesting choice. And it's going to have its own developer environment, which is also an interesting choice. Yeah. They didn't say anything about skills or that you would develop it in any way. Like, you know, they didn't talk about APL technology. They didn't talk. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It sounds like it's a completely different animal. Well, from, from what uh, Jeff Blankenberg said, it's not an Alexa device. It's an Amazon device. So it'll have its own environment, which, you know, who knows what that means. Um, but it'll be interesting to see exactly what will be possible with it. But it's clearly aimed at an education market. Dusting off the old Fire Phone OS or... Could be. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Certainly not out of the question that, you know, I mean, you, Amazon has the experience with Android to, to, you know, to build it on top of Android or yep. into Android or whatever. Yeah. So that's certainly possible. Yeah. So this, this is one of those things, if you're interested, sign it up for it. And at some point they'll contact you with some more information, but I suspect it's going to be you know, quite a bit different than, yeah, uh, those of us that are used to writing uh, voice experiences. I was going to say, and again, one of the interesting elements is that it does not have a voice interface. Oh, yeah. I guess I hadn't really thought about that. It's, yeah, it's not an Alexa device. It's yeah, it's something completely different. And and I, I'll be honest, I find that disappointing. You know, this is a great opportunity for them to just include Alexa in there. Yep. And they chose not to for some reason. Even you know, especially when it's aimed at kids. 
who don't, you know, what we're seeing with kids right now is that they have a great affinity for working in voice. Yeah. um, And reaching out to relatives using voice. This is a great, you know, and that's exactly what this device was meant to do. And they didn't take advantage of it. I, I find that odd from a consumer point of view. And as a developer, I obviously find it very disappointing. Yeah, and from looking at the pictures, it seems like it's it's like the size width wise, it's probably like half of a width of a laptop screen and like twice as twice as tall. So it's kind of an interesting form factor, and it's got an eight inch screen in it. But uh, and 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 you don't have to have one on either on each end. You can have one person on a tablet and and somebody on with with one of these uh, Amazon Glows on the other end. I guess it didn't say, I just assumed it was, but maybe not that you could use an Alexa as one side of the conversation, but maybe not. Maybe you have to do a tablet. I don't know. That's a good To question. Amazon Glow. Yep. <laughs> so interesting stuff is always coming. And like I said, I'm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Google is also releasing this year. And if exactly where the assistant plays in with all of, uh, with all of that. And yeah. what access developers will have to some of it. Um, but certainly I think, you know, we're going to see a, a push on Google's take on widgets. And we'll be talking about those more in a, in a future conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. And looking through the list, I, you know, there, there's the Halo View, which is like, like the, you know, the Fitbit, it's a Fitbit. Fitbit or, you know, smartwatch. So, you know, can you do, you know, Voice skills for those. Can you do APL for like a you know a watch size? Haven't heard anything on that, so that could be something that we you know. Look but again, this, it's so this would have been a great place to put widgets again. You know, yeah. I, I I definitely think we're go- what we're going to see over the next few years is a return to widgets everywhere. We're going to see it on all of the operating systems that are going to be very heavily widget based. I think is well. That's my my big prediction. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm trying to think if there, if I you know have any contrary view to that, but no, I think that we are going to see more widgets. What was it, the Halo View? View, yeah, because there's the Halo. I think there's just the Amazon Halo, which is the the band, which you know tracks your steps and your sleep and mm-hmm. and stuff. But then this one ha- is, has a screen on it. Um, other ones seems like there's security stuff, a smart thermostat. Oh, there was a couple of services that I talked about, um, like Hey Disney and Alexa Together. Alexa Together, I think, is an interesting service. You know, I yeah. think that um, there's a lot of good stuff with that went behind that. Um, and you know, we know uh, some of the people that have been working on it to get on on uh, Alexa Together, and that's good to see. Yeah. I think that I think that's good. You know, in one way you kind of think, oh wow, that's you know, you know, 20, 20 bucks a month. That's that's quite a bit. But if you think about that, it ties together, you know, maybe uh, aging parents that are living on their own, you know, being independent, and then um, multiple family members that have you know shared responsibility to you know check in on them and and help them out. There seems like there's quite a few features. And then I guess other things that are in the market, it seems like, uh, you know, $20 a month actually might be, you know, pretty reasonable. No, it seems like, it seems like it'll be a good service and one that, you know, I think we know is, is a market that makes a lot of sense for where voice is 
Yeah. And, and where our demographic is, uh, yeah. you know, especially in this country, right? Actually, and I think it's an interesting uh, you know, point that things like Alexa Together and the Amazon Glow mm-hmm. will work together. And so the, here you're, you're not just focusing on you know, the, um, the, folks in the, the, the folks that are in the middle age-wise, but you're focusing on extreme older and extreme younger. And then connecting them. And that's yeah. just, I think that's just brilliant. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, uh, it's really, you know, a good use of the, the technology, you know, answering some of the, I think the early use cases they've talked about when they're like, when they first came out with Alexa, it's like, oh, you can use it for this. So you can use it, you know, and I think we're starting to see that, uh, yeah. that, that coming together. All good stuff. I'm looking forward to, um, to seeing as it comes out and as people can start developing for it, how we do so. so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, and some of these services, I think they're, you know, at least starting out are, you know, 1P or first party experiences. I don't know that there's really a developer opportunity there, um, but maybe over time there will be. And if there is a third party experience available, you can be sure we're going to talk about it on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mark. Always good talking about this stuff with you. Yeah, it's always lots of fun and fun when when new things come out too. See everybody next week. All right, take care. You too. Bye. Bye.